like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We have the privilege today of welcoming Chris Van Cleve to Song of the Soul. Chris has a long and many-textured career with music. He had his years as part of a rock band, written and performed a lot of his own music, but he's also performed in several musicals, including a couple major tours in the title role of Jesus Christ Superstar. He's also written a rock gospel musical called The Davidson Affair which I'm sure we'll hear more about later. Right now, let's head out to Virginia by phone to spend time and share music with Chris Van Cleve. Chris, it's great to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure. I'm listening to your accent, and I'm trying to ferret out all of the roots of it. I understand you live right on the border right now in Virginia. You lived for a while, I understand, in the U.K., and I think you can do a credible British accent, can't you? I hope I still can. I lived over there for seven years, and my wife is British, and our two children are British-born. You've had a major part of your musical career has been in theater, but you were part of a rock group early on, too. Do I get that correct? Well, there's been a lot of incarnations to my journey with music. I started writing songs when I was about 11 or 12 years old. The Beatles had come out by that point, and I was very inspired by them and also liked the idea of um, there being possible introductions to the world of girls. So my motivations were quite different in those earlier days. But then (laughs) shortly after that was when I did my first musical, The King and I, and as I said, I was about 12 years old. But uh, through high school, uh, my last couple of years in high school, by the time I'd gotten to about freshman, sophomore year, I'd started playing guitar more was in several bands or different incarnations of bands that we worked quite a lot my last couple of years in high school in in the Northern Virginia area. We learned all the latest top 40 from the British Invasion to Motown to Psychedelic Era with Jimi Hendrix and bands like The Doors and Vanilla Fudge and all that side of things. So that was about a three-year period, even when I came back from, from college after my freshman year. But it's been a couple of different roads that were related, one being musical theater and acting and singer-songwriter. And earlier on in the 70s, I had a major label deal in Paramount Records with a band called Meadow. It's a folk rock group, which included Laura Branigan, who was a huge star during the disco era a few years later, and a man named Walker Daniels, who had the original lead in hair at the Public Theater and the original cast album. He was the original Claude Hooper Bukowski, which I ended up playing that role a few years after we met on a national tour of that, followed by a couple of tours of Jesus Christ Superstar and in the title role on that, a British tour of that as well, where I played pilot and covered for Jesus. Jesus got sick in Belfast, so I 
pilot covered for Jesus. I think that was a history uh, changing event there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so it's been a very eclectic journey. And while I was in London, did a run of Les Miserables and also Chess, which was written by the two composers for ABBA and Tim Rice, who was Andrew Lloyd Webber's original lyricist. And also continued as a singer-songwriter. I've got a catalog of, I think, over a thousand songs now and several albums out. I think about six independent releases since the Paramount Records one. I've made some wonderful and beautiful friends and colleagues along the way that I'm grateful to still be in touch with and in collaboration with. One in particular who produced the Meadow album back in 1973, Lou Hemsey, has recently mastered the cast album for a show that I co-wrote back in 1982 with a man named Paul Solomon called The Davidson Affair that asked the question, what would happen if someone like Jesus were born today in New York City? How would the governments and churches respond to that? Would history repeat itself or would people perhaps gain a more inclusive understanding of what he was saying rather than division? So that's a whole other project. In fact, it's just recently been kind of resurrected. It was, as I say, written in 1982 and done in Norfolk at the Wells Theatre, and then taken to London and Bristol, England, and Rotterdam and Den Haag, and that's it's been on a back burner for many years, and now is kind of coming back out. And at some point, we've got a song from that. I think that's one of the later ones in our show. But uh, I think artistically, this is known as foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, that's right. Very good. That's right. Yeah, and it's nice that you bring in that artistry. But let's get kind of concrete and say, what's your first song you want to start out your song of the soul with, Chris? A good one to start with is one called See Beyond from an album called Beyond See Beyond. And it is self-explanatory. You know, sometimes things can be pretty convincing in this world and troublesome and seemingly hopeless. But if we look a little bit closer, there's always the opportunity for growth, which is an overused phrase, but still very true. Baby shakes a rattle, there's no need to be alarmed. It's just a reflex. Looking closer, you'll be charged. Something in the eyes can find you lost and mesmerized till you wind up feeling your disarmed. Without a doubt in your mind. Beyond what it appears to be Reflecting you and me See Beyond For underneath the surface Is a divine purpose Somewhere out of nowhere There comes something in your life So unexpected Cut you loose just like a naga Reminding you to wake up From your reoccurring dream Say hello to Reality Beyond what it appears to be 
reflecting you and me. See beyond, for underneath the surface is a divine purpose. have many facets seen through very many ways every coin has two sides and you know just where your treasure hides buried deep within the heart of every living thing is a story so old it's worth much more all the world's gold But it appears to be reflecting you and me. See beyond, for underneath the surface is a divine purpose. Beyond from Chris Van Cleve's album called Beyond See Beyond. Obviously, Chris, you've got a lot of life experience now that you're drawing on, including, I guess, being a parent, learning to hear through a kid's cries or complaints and see the need within. That's true. I mean, we all share this universal human experience here on planet Earth, each in a very unique and personal way. What I love about music and songs as a potential is that they can serve as mirrors for each of us to look in and, and get something quite personal in terms of a reflection for us to consider. There's been some great teachers for me along the way. I was very strongly influenced by Joni Mitchell's lyrics and songwriter poets like Jackson Brown and even earlier on with Cat Stevens. There have been many along the way, but when I started seeing the potential that songs could be of service as well as an artistic and entertainment expression, that was quite exciting for me. So that has been kind of my inner prayer through the years that my work might be able to serve in that way, beginning with helping my own understandings of my journey. I've got four children. My father was killed in Vietnam as a fighter pilot in 1969, actually working on a documentary now not only about that story, but about the unaccounted for Americans from that war, which is a tremendous number, 83,000 since the Second World War, over 1,600 from the Vietnam War still unaccounted for. So working on a documentary called Not Forgotten Now that focuses upon that, and there is a song that's been created for that as well. But you know, all of us have our, what I call, soul-carving experiences along the way, those moments that are tough ones to move through and still kind of keep uh, looking for the hope and the strength and oftentimes forgiveness within us 
to keep on keeping on. And when we make that choice, we'll find somewhere down the road that we'll be able to be there for another. Other people might think it a bit counterintuitive, but my prayer when I want to get deep is, Lord, hammer my heart. It's because I build up such a crust around it, and to get to that center, to be really open, is such a hard thing. So those experiences, which sometimes feel completely tragic, in my experience, I've got several of them which hammered my heart so much that I was open up to glorious light. I guess that's the experience you're talking about, right? Yes, it's you know I call them soul carving experiences. You know we're we're each kind of sometimes expression the diamond in the rough is there, and we get these facets if we trust and keep on keeping on that help us to perhaps shine more of who we truly are and. And I guess there's one of my albums called Journeys with the Heart and Mind. You know, it's finding that balance between the heart and the mind, and because the mind can be a pretty tricky playground sometimes, and so can the heart for that matter. But there is an album called Journeys with the Heart and Mind that has a song on there that was selected for this interview called Love Living in You. And this was recorded in England. It was the first independent release that I recorded over there. It is Love Living in You by Chris Van Cleve's website, VanCleaveMusic.com. Here is Love Living in You. Looking out the window through another pane Wearing your best, not caring where tears may stay Letting them fall in time with the rain Hoping with loss there could be more to gain Guess it all just goes to show With all we think we need to know Love may seem to come and go Another dreamer comes and takes your hand Leading you up the mountain, the colors span To holy ground upon which you now stand it all just goes to show Everybody has a heart and song With time. all we think we need to know Everyone has their side of the story Love may seem to come and go Dream by 
Today's Song of the Soul guest is Chris Van Cleve. That was his song, Love Living in You, from his first independent album, Journeys with the Heart in Mind. What year are we talking about there, Chris? 1987, I think. I just had a run with the production of Les Robin in London, and I had had a stage accident in that show where my nose was broken in a fight scene, and I had just come out of about a year's recovery time until I was able to sing with a, a familiar resonance feeling in my face. <laughs> you mean you couldn't find any roles where you had to be completely nasal? Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 there would seem to be a, a shortage of those at the time. You know, every given circumstance that we have is on some level a gift. And sometimes we have to stand back from the painting, allowing some time to pass. And sometimes we have to dig a lot deeper. And one of those times of the year for many people is Christmas time, which is, I love Christmas in terms of the spirit of of what it is. And it's a time of year when people can be more apt to open up their hearts and enjoy children and laughter and celebration with friends and, and remembering what really matters. And there was a project in 1983 where I was lean times financially and so were a lot of my friends and I just met my present wife and it started a two-year transatlantic courtship with her and I was very full of love, you know, and which felt like rising in love this time. And so I, I was making a to-do list one night and wrote down, write a Christmas song. Well, by the end of the morning, I, I had had a sleepless night and uh, six new songs lying by my bedside. Oh, my goodness. This, this, was the, <laughs> this was the first one that came through, one called The Gift. And together with my friends, we decided it would be good to 
take this group of songs along with some traditionals into some places where Christmas might seem pretty far away, like in children's hospitals and juvenile detention centers and prisons and uh, veterans' hospitals. And it was one of the most moving and powerful experiences that I've been privileged to be a part of and share with my friends. And we've kind of continued doing that through the years, with the exception of the seven years I was over in England. But this was the first song that came through. It's called The Gift from an album called Christmas Presents. The gift comes from the same place it always is. The gift is worth much more than all the toys for Santa Claus. The gift is made so everyone can afford the cost. The gift can be found even when you're totally lost. Around me on this Christmas Eve To feel the children gently Tug my final sleep To share the joy of knowing The gift that we hold Is one that will never break the road The gift comes from the same place It always does is worth much more than all the toys from Santa Claus. The gift is made so everyone can afford the cost. The gift can be found even when you're totally lost. Singing about the gift of love, the gift of love, the gift of love. Can't live without the gift of love, the gift of love, the gift of love. Getting through the packaging surrounding it We notice that the giving never seems to quit Constantly continues to keep on growing even more Until we are so convinced That we are absolutely sure We've died and gone to heaven And yet we're still here Very much alive The growing more so my dear And when I look into your eyes It's Christmas night See the gift is given as we live in love's true light. I see the gift is given as we live in love's true light. I see the gift is given as we live in love's true light. Oh, the gift comes from the same place it always does. The gift is worth much more than all the toys from Santa Claus. Gift is made so everyone can afford the cost. The gift can be found even when you're totally lost. Singing like the gift of love, the gift of love, 
Van Cleve from his album Christmas Presents. It's called The Gift. A peculiar memory of my early ages. I don't have that many young memories, but one of them happened on Christmas Eve for me. I was no older than five. I remember on Christmas Eve, you know, the gifts weren't under the tree yet, and I somehow realized that it made no sense for that bearded guy with the reindeer to cover the entire world in a night. That, that was not possible. But the wish that I formed and the, the certainty that I had was that God's love could do it, that Jesus could make those gifts appear. And next morning I woke up and it happened, so therefore I knew that the love of God could make it happen, even though that Santa Claus Living stuff proof, was right. clearly bogus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because things kind of happen on a lot of levels here, if we really look, you know, metaphorically and symbolically, and it all ties in to the heart of the matter, just multifaceted again. That's one of the joys I really love about this journey of being a human being, is that, you know, there's, there's synchronicity and life speaking to us and kind of metaphorical and symbolic ways around us all the time through whatever it might be, something somebody might say, or you might have been thinking about something and something comes across the media, or you'll think about someone and they'll appear in your life, you know, or you'll get a call from them after several years, whatever it might be. It's it's so interconnected and it's lacings, our human relations, and it's quite fun to watch the unfolding of the given circumstances like that. And what happens with our dreams Shakespeare said that dreams are the stuff of which men are made. Most manifestations, in some respect, start from a dream, whether it's designing a building or you know, hopes for some kind of relationship or connection. That is kind of the reason why this particular song, Hold On to Your Dreams, came through at that time. It sort of it rocks, and some of these songs I play all their instruments on. This is, this is one of those, and this was also recorded over in England on a very eclectic album called Stalk and a Country Smile. I mended some stipulation telling me the score Just one quick glance clues me in There must be more It seems to me there's more to life than killing time or earning a dime Trying to keep up with the Joneses 
and staying alive I could be wrong, but something deep down in me is coming on strong Filling my head with song, won't be long Until I find out just what it means Life's not what it seems So hold on to your by Chris Van Cleve, website vanclevemusic.com. If you have some doubt about how to spell that, Chris Van Cleve, just come to northernspiritradio.org. It's northern, not southern. It's spirit, not body. And it's radio, not TV. So northernspiritradio.org. And you'll find a link to Chris Van Cleve. He is our guest here today for Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You go to the website, northernspiritradio.org, and you'll find our archives of more than seven years of Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action, including links to all of our guests. You can listen to or download any of those programs. You can also get them via iTunes or our RSS feed. There's lots of ways to do it, and you can find the list of stations where we're broadcast on the website. Again, we're speaking with Chris Van Cleve. And his song, Hold On To Your Dreams, is clearly evocative. And as I'm listening to it, Chris, what I'm wondering is what your dreams are. Obviously, love's big in that. But there's so many, what I think must be seminal or influential 
stages in your life. I can't imagine doing two national tours where you act as Jesus Christ without having that become a significant part of your personality or being in hair as you did or any of the number of projects you've done since then. Did they make you a different person? Did being Jesus Christ for a while, did that make you feel like you had to be more holy? Not so much with regard to my feeling more holy. I mean, it was quite a humbling experience and one that I had to weigh up uh, whether I would even do way back then because that was the first tour was in 1975. And for a couple of years prior, uh, I'd been with the group Meadow and Paramount Records and Walker was a co-writer with me in that group, Walker Daniels. And he was very much kind of a early spiritual mentor for me. He was maybe about five years older than I. And I'd just come through some major eye-opening experiences with the loss of my father as a fighter pilot in Vietnam, a short stint with the Army as a motion picture photographer. That was my military occupational specialty because I was going to be drafted and I enlisted for school while I was in the Army. And I began to see how powerful media was and what a huge responsibility it is in terms of how it influences mass consciousness. So I began to have a look at how best I could be a, a part of that because it, it was obvious to me that my calling was to work within the arts and within media, and I'd done broadcasting in D.C. My voice had dropped a couple octaves by the time I was 17, so I couldn't be a top 40 jock. So I, was, <laughs> I got a job on the middle of the road station in the D.C. area and then on the air for about six months before my number came up in the lottery system for the draft, and so I enlisted for school. and. Hence, uh, thereafter, I was a motion picture photographer for the rest of my Army journey. So I'd seen quite a few diverse perspectives of media associations and how powerful it could be. So when the offer to do a tour of Jesus Christ Superstar as Jesus came out, I'd done quite a bit of reading comparative religion studies, reading books ranging from Ram Dass's Be Here Now to the Tibetan Book of the Dead to the Urantia Book to the Lost Books of the Bible, and just couldn't get enough of feeding my mind with understandings and looking at different perspectives of spirituality. So when the offer for doing Jesus came up on this national tour, I had already heard the album in my last year of high school and thought it was you know, very powerful and it was obviously something that was making waves out there in the world. But when I saw the film, I just felt that the portrayal of Jesus was very kind of weak and whiny. I mean, it was well sung, but it was just... The show is written through the eyes of Judas. I just wrestled with that a lot, so I didn't accept right away this offer to play that, but I prayed, and the next morning what came to me was that words are very powerful. Uh, they have an inherent power with an inherent uh, power within them, but it's the spirit behind the words or the intent or the way they're said or the subtext that really tells the tale. And that was a major turning point for me as a communicative artist. So I thought, well, of course, I mean, you can say, I love you. You know, it's three words that are probably some of the most repeated three words throughout the history of mankind, perhaps. But it can mean everything and nothing, you know, depending upon how it's said and where it's coming from and to the degree it's meant and what it means. So that opened up a whole other... <laughs> other window of possibilities for consideration. So I did end up doing a tour, and there was a group of us prior to every show, a small group, and we would get together, just a few of us, and, and pray before each performance and ask that we could serve as vehicles for the greatest good, whatever that might be for whoever was there. 
and that was a turning point in terms of how I would approach my work as a as a communicative artist, performing artist. And when I've remembered to do that, to take the time to do that before any event, whether it's performing or otherwise, it's been a difference of day and night. Not so much out of some divine being punishing me if I don't do my homework, <laughs> but you know, it's choices. We're here on a planet that is a school of communications and relationships. That's the way in which I wish to serve. And whether it's human relations or the relationship with the planet and the environment, there's a song called Destiny off of that same album called Stalk and a Country Smile, which uh, has kind of a country rock flavor to the album in some respects. But this particular song, it's ethereal and it has a lot of poetic imagery, but it is about taking care of the planet and awakening to our stewardship of that destiny is the name of the song. Slowly she lowers her head to the deep And she wonders how long we'll sleep One final plea seeks to jar memory Before time leaves us too late Mothers weep. Why is it so hard to see? We hold her life within our seeking while we decide our destiny.
Chris Van Cleve, Destiny is the Song from Stock and the Country Smile. I read on your website, which is at vanclevemusic.com, I read on your bio there that you're a particularly strong supporter of various earth-oriented activism. I guess given the other places you've been involved in theater, I wasn't clear that that kind of activism would call to you. Where did this connection come from? How early does this date back to? Uh, Perhaps one of the strongest awakening catalysts on that side was when I was in England, and there was a a group there called Friends of the Earth, and they were doing something called First Earth Run, which was tied in with a performance at Royal Albert Hall. And I was sent a lot of literature from them about what was happening to the planet, like every day we lose another species. Millions of acres of forest are destroyed every year, and that was back then, so hopefully that has slowed down. So I included a lot of the factual information in a song called This Is Our World, sang it with a group of musician friends at an event that was happening every year there called the Festival of Mind, Body, and Spirit in London. A good friend of mine who was in the Yardbirds, Jim McCarty, played drums on some of those early performances of that song. He's, he's back out on tour with the Yardbirds now, who is also very consciously aware and interested in being a part of the solutions rather than problems on the planet and having that come through his music and life focus. So that's, I guess that was when it really started becoming strongly within my radar. Earlier on, when I started awakening more spiritually uh, in the early 70s, due to my friend Walker and the books I was reading at the time, I started becoming more health conscious, I guess, in terms of what kind of fuel I was putting in my body and how it was affecting that. And uh, Again, it's lots of reflections going on in this plane of things. You know, there's the microcosm and the macrocosm, and, and one doesn't have to look very far to see how they reflect one another. Each little ripple we send out there has an effect. We are all causes, co-creators with the source of our being, whatever we want to call that. Whatever we do, you know, we're in a position to make a difference in the world. It's how we choose that decides the outcome. I've been puzzling a little bit. Your reading list that you mentioned that you kind of encountered maybe through your connection with Walker Daniels, the reading list strikes me as wide and eclectic. Some of your music strikes me as clearly Christian, and obviously being Jesus Christ Superstar for a while could influence that. Where did you grow up religiously, and where do you count yourself as being now? My family was Episcopalian. And earlier on, around 11 or 12 years old, I was in the Boy Scouts in Montgomery, Alabama. And our minister came around to the scout troop and showed us this medal called the God and Country Award. And I was quite into the idea of medals in those days, so I was uh, very interested in getting that medal. So we did a six-month study of the Common Prayer Book and, and Bible, and that was presented to me in the church. And my mom and dad, who were not avid churchgoers at the time, became more so thereafter. And they had thought at that time that perhaps someday I might want to go into ministry work. But in the early 70s, I began to see not only the tremendous possibilities for growth spiritually for us all, but I also saw that there was a lot of division between the different religious groups of the world, and that was very saddening to me. I didn't feel like that was quite what the source of our being had in mind in terms of promoting peace and harmony on the earth that people are warring over the way they believe God to be. 
So I started looking for what are the bridges, what are the key connections between the different isms and religions of the world that, where we can stand on the common ground and respect each other as one humanity. So I've been a student of that research ever since, and perhaps this is a good segue into a song. There's a musical that I co-wrote with a man named Paul Solomon, who was a former Southern Baptist minister who had had experiences similar to Edgar Cayce in which he would be in an altered state of consciousness and information would come through him that would be perhaps about a person's medical condition or something that they could work on within their emotional nature that was all food for thought and very practical information to the point where many had received healings that were written off by medical associations. In fact, he was invited to speak at Yale Medical School on alternative healing and had been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for his work by the time he died. But when I met him, it was in 1982, and he had had a story about what would happen if someone like Jesus were born today in New York City. How would the governments and churches respond to that? Would he be recognized, or would history repeat itself? And it was called The Davidson Affair. He and I met, and we started talking about the possibility of creating a musical around that. And then we spent the next year writing this musical as a rock gospel musical. One of the songs, So Send I You, was actually written for an ordination service, and it's based on a passage in the Bible where Jesus turns to his people that have been working with him for three years, and he says, all the things you've seen me do, you can do and more. It's your time now. It's your turn to go and share what is possible. And this was a charge that he was giving to his disciples and followers, saying, now you go and do the work. It's a song called Sisindayu. It was written for an ordination service. And I think the first time he had given me the lyrics to this, Paul had, Paul Solomon, the night before an ordination service, and asked me if I could set it to music. <laughs> the night before. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't expect much. <laughs> I said, well, I'm willing, you know, to see what happens. And about two or three in the morning, the music started coming through, and the next morning at the ordination service before it started and the candidates were all in a room together and Paul said, well, let's hear what you got. And he had me sing it about 14 times. And just, you know, it's a, so this was something we decided would be good to include within the show as uh, when Joe Davidson, who's a Christ character in the show, turns to his followers and said, now it's time for you to go and do the work. A song called So Send I You, a rock gospel musical called The Davidson Affair, which is coming back out again. It's coming to life. We just had the original cast album from 1982 digitally mastered as of just a few weeks ago. So send I you to do what I have done more So send I you to fields that are white with harvest Never was the need so great, nor the workers so few. It is for this reason, so send I you. So send I you, and you do not go without me. For wherever you are, there I will also be So send I you to labor for me And for the world who never knew 
me and often will not know you So send I you through those who are gathered here They are my people and the sheep in my pastures The good shepherd is known by his sheep Shall they know your voice? Think not what you should say, but boldly open your mouth and I will speak. For I have sent you, so send I you. So send I you like lambs among wolves Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes And don't stop to chat along the way, no And whatever house you went to, leave peace there not chosen me, I have chosen you, those you forgive, I will forgive, for I have sent you, so send I you, for I have sent you, so send I you. I have sent you, so send I you. musical that Chris Van Cleve wrote with Paul Solomon back in 82, So Send I You. The rock gospel is the Davidson Affair. You can track it down via Chris Van Cleve's website, vanclevemusic.com. Also, you can just follow the link from northernspiritradio.org to get there. We got to keep on moving, Chris, but there was one thing I wanted to follow up on an earlier comment. Uh, Episcopal, when you're a Boy Scout, you studied the Book of Prayer, you you got it down and you got your medal, evidently. But you said afterwards you kind of wandered more widely. Do you still count yourself Episcopal or do you count yourself widely? I honor my Christian roots, but I just believe that our Maker is more inclusive than exclusive in terms of where we go from here and where we're going to and where we're coming from. I just don't feel like we have to be at war with one another about our different perspectives. That The more we look for ways that we can work together with that kind of respect and tolerance and honoring life, the closer we'll be to having an experience of peace on earth and harmony between us within our human race. I wish we had more time, as I know that there are two more songs you'd like to share, Chris. 
but what we'll do is to put them up on northernspiritradio.org as bonus songs on the excerpts for this program. So go to northernspiritradio.org and listen to the interview with them. Well, Chris, it's quite a gift that you've given us to help us see beyond and, you know, to look squarely at our destiny and... I'm trying to encapsulate all of your songs in one sentence. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> Very good. So, and honored. Thank you. With you having inspired us, so we will hold on to our dreams. I just so appreciate you taking the time and the perseverance, the passion. I'm particularly heartened to hear about 25 years with the love of your life. It's such a wonderful thing to see in the world. So many things do bounce around to that on a concrete, local level, we can know that enduring beauty happens. We're actually, we just celebrated our 27th anniversary and had a two-year transatlantic courtship before that. You know, it, it takes work. You know, all of our relationships take work and understanding. And as Paul used to say, Paul Solomon, he said, Chris, this is a hospital run by its patients. <laughs> well, good. Well, thanks for giving us some good medicine here. <laughs> <laughs> It's been great speaking with you, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. I've enjoyed speaking with you as well, Mark. Thank you so much for this time. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song.